0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another edition of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, and we are joined with Tim Curtis and Alex Schoenthal from Lower Left Brewing. Um, now, right now in Charlotte, it is a great time to be a beer lover. There's a lot of breweries out there that all kind of have their own vibe and are creating just some amazing beer. Um, and it's pretty cool like you could choose from really any type of beer that you want whatever type of mood you're in You can probably find a brewery that will fit that but a lot of them are getting bigger uh, Or going bigger and our friends at lower left brewing. They're starting out small They want to start out they want to create something that's unique But they also want to create something that creates a great experience for everyone that joins them now tim and kurt or excuse me Tim and alex are self-described hop heads They found the uh, the perfect location uh, and lots of good company in loso and have rolled up uh, their garage doors on their new 900-square-foot uh, space with a patio. They're going to join us on the Brand Builders Podcast, tell us a little bit about what it's like to start a brewery, but ultimately, how are they different than the other breweries in Loso? What are they bringing to the, uh, to the beer uh, world in Charlotte? And we can't wait to learn a little bit more. So welcome, Tim and Alex, to uh, the Brand Builders Podcast.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you very much.
3: Welcome, guys. Uh, so Loso, uh, you mentioned that, Brian, that that's where they are, but your name is Lower Left. Tell us a little bit about where that came from. Literally, look on a
0: map. <laughs>
1: okay,
0: okay. Yeah, there you go. That's we're, we're in, lo- we're in earth. We are in the lower left corner of Lower South End, so we we sort of just came up with the name. I tend to like brewery names where you know if you've got two two letters to the name, they both begin with the same word. It's easy to remember. Lower left, and then we were just sort of sitting around tossing back and forth logo at ide- logo ideas, and Tim came up with our logo, which is an arrow pointing to the lower left and the arrow is comprised of two Ls and we looked at it and we were like oh this this is it this is the name this is our logo this is our brand
2: yeah there was one of those aha moments with any company and, and Scott you might even have had something similar happen to you but you'll you'll bounce back and forth on ideas and some of them feel good but they don't feel 100% right and when this came up it was just one of those this is it yeah. there's no reason to discuss any more Let's go forward. We kind of came
0: up with the name before we had the logo and when it was just the name I was kind of iffy like eh lower left, I don't know, but then when we came up with the logo I was like oh this seals the deal for sure.
1: Now you guys have been wanting to <clears> do <throat> this for a while and um I think it's fascinating to to talk to people they are be like I'm opening a brewery. You're like yeah, are you? Like you and everyone else like but the ones that actually take that, you know, thought or that, you know, probably conversation over a couple of beers to action uh is pretty fascinating to see. So where did this idea come from? Uh, you guys consider yourselves to be hop heads. I'd love to kind of see where was the first conversation we said, we should open a brewery? Sure. sure.
0: You already said it. It was over a couple of beers. <laughs> yeah. It's always that to be with a beer for that idea, We're right? All good ideas are yeah. to There you go. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at telling this story. I've told it a bunch of times. So uh, it was spring of 2016. I had recently left a different brewing job wasn't out of the job for more than a month when I think a fellow brewer reached out to me, someone that Tim had talked to. Tim was kind of scouting talent. He was looking for someone to partner up with to be a head brewer slash uh, owner with him. And we literally, we met up at Crafty Beer Guys in Cornelius one afternoon. Uh, we ended up ordering the same beer without even knowing it. And I was like, oh, all right, this might work. <laughs> and we just had a, you know, it was it was a business meeting, but it was kind of casual. We were feeling each other out. And when it was all said and done, the kind of conclusion that we came to is we had very similar taste in beers. We had very similar ideas of what we would like to see in a brewery. We had very similar ideas of what we wanted the brewery to look like, the kind of beers we were making, the kind of feel that we would have. And we knew we wanted to be somewhere in downtown Charlotte in you know, one of the hot neighborhoods. Uh, we'd looked at in Plaza Midwood. we Inevitably settled on this property in in Lower South End just because the building just seemed right. It was a good sized property. We really liked the the look of the building with the roll up doors, and signed the lease last September. And we just kept the momentum moving forward. And you know, a little bit more than a year after meeting, well, I guess about a year and a half or so, but we got it. We did we it. <laughs> doors are open.
2: <clears throat> yeah. So you know, going going back a little farther from my perspective of it, because we have in our whole lives only known each other for a very short time span which is great it's always something new and I mean that in a good way um, so it's gonna be a, a fun ride to grow when I decided to go down this road it was a little bit farther back but always enjoyed going to visit breweries and just see what it was enjoyed the product but I really got into the atmosphere of the the buildings themselves almost all of them had a positive almost all of them had a negative it doesn't make one better than the other it's just the reality of that and I just started cataloging what I liked. I liked this. I didn't like that. So when I ever got to that point, just go to my list, had a pretty defined scope of what I wanted it to be. So, you know, when you had mentioned, Brian, about people who say they're going to do it and you kind of question them, of course, I'm up late one night with one of my good friends and in the middle of a very, very serious conversation. It's very late at night at this point. and And uh, we start talking about what would you do if you could do anything so that comes out. The next morning we wake up and he asked me, are you serious about that? Because you never can believe what you say at 3 a.m. I said, yeah, I think I would be, right? I think I would be. And so that's how he said, well, I do know this guy. You can reach out to him and see what you think about it. Don't know where it goes from there, but the rest is up to you. And as I started making these calls, it became fairly easy. You know, the, the doors were opening and everything was falling into place. And so inevitably that first guy was not the right guy. But did get into Alex, uh, into his ear, and we, we met. And because that went so well, because that interaction was so easy and painless, I had to think to myself, well, what's the next step? Well, the next step's the building. That kind of came fairly easily, too. So, okay, well, two down. What's next? What's the next obstacle that's going to take me away from really going through with it? And when the timing and the, the financing and all the other loose ends came into play and they were all doable, it was that do-or-die moment, where if we don't do it, we're going to regret it. Because you may never get this chance again at this moment in time with this many doors open to us, and that's when we just said, "Shake hands, let's go." You yeah. know, good or bad, here we go. That's a really cool story, man. It's, it's meant
3: to be, right? Well, at this point, <laughs> we'll, we say we'll so. see. <laughs> yeah. it's
1: like a so blind date leads talk, to marriage. You know talk I mean? to us in a year. Yeah, <laughs> and it
3: <was> in <clears throat> partnerships, like, what's what's your strength, Alex, and what's your strength, Tim, and are you guys staying in your lane so far, and? And uh, I'm sure you have to come
0: together with that common goal to
3: to keep it clicking.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm the head brewer, so I'm in charge of all things in the beer side, running the brew house, uh, making the beer, coming up with recipes, cellar master, all that kind of jazz. Um, Also operations manager for the brewery, so I took on a lot of administrative type stuff when we were opening. I did all of the interviews for front of house, I came up with job descriptions because from my experience in hospitality and my background in brewing and having worked for many other breweries, I knew exactly the kind of people I wanted to hire. Uh, so I just decided, you know, just I'll just do it. I'll just do all the interviews just, you know, because I know I'm going to get the kind of people that I want. Um, so on a daily basis, I might be brewing, I might be kegging, I might be cleaning... I might be spending the whole day filling out paperwork and tax stuff. You would not believe all the legal mumbo-jumbo that breweries have to deal with just to get their beer out onto the streets. It really is amazing. I had no idea what you had to do to get, you know, even to distribute a keg. You got to get the label approved and just so many things. Um, In a perfect world, I'd be brewing beer every day because that's my happy place in this job. Like, I I love just, you know, the, the process. Brew day is always a fun day. It's an awful lot of work. You sweat, you curse, you bleed. But at the end of the day, you made an awesome beer, and it's just—it's fun. It's good stuff. Um,
1: well, I want to ask you, um, <coughs> you guys have some pretty awesome beer names. Now, Alex, you are, are known to surprise people with a, a different style of beer. And I'm, I'm the type of person, I'll walk into a brewery, and I am cool to try anything. And, like, if it sounds wild, I'm like, shit, I'll try it. You know, let's see what happens. Nine times out of 10, I'm surprised and I love it. And I'm like, that's crazy. That tastes so good. So tell me, you guys came up with a a beer called Juicy McJuice Face, which I think is hilarious. Um, So tell me, you know, hey, where do you come up with these names? Where do you come up with your ideas? You've obviously had years of of brewing experience, but what's going to be different? Like, what are you guys going to do differently than all the other breweries? And like, what are some of the cool new beer concepts or ideas that maybe you've already launched or some that we can be uh, looking forward to?
0: Well, when it comes to the naming of beers, uh, so far I've named them all. Just I have been was a home brewer before a professional brewer, and I would always name my home brewers. You know, a lot of times people don't. It's just like, you know, Alex's IPA or Alex's <laughs> Brown Ale. And I was always like, that's so Lame, boring. You you know? Know? Yeah. Even even as a home brewer, I thought it was cool to have a cool name for the beer. Definitely. So like, I don't know, Juicy McJuice Face. <laughs> this recipe is, this is a beer that I've had kicking around my portfolio for like three or four years I don't know if anyone knows the, the story of... So a couple of years ago, there was some scientific institute that had a public contest to name this, like, multi-billion dollar oceanographic, uh, like, a research vessel, like Jacques Cousteau Foundation or something like that. Million dollar boat research vessel, and they had a public contest to name the boat. And the boat ended up being called Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And then I think it was like the year later, uh, it was the, I think it was at the Kentucky Derby, there was a horsey McHorse face. <laughs> and that's when I came up with, you know, this this was maybe four years ago when the term juicy IPA was really just starting to come into its own and, and hazy IPAs were just on the horizon. And I was like, juicy McJuice face. I love it. So I adopted that name, made the homebrew and everyone who would always hear it would always just get such a kick out of it. Um, generally speaking with the naming of beers, we, we have not pigeonholed ourselves with any particular avenue for naming the beers. We just try to keep them random. Some of them will be pop culture references. Sometimes I'll just Google a bunch of words, you know, that are related to the ingredients in that beer. And sometimes something just like comes to me in a dream and I remember it in the morning and it's just like, okay, that's what this beer is called.
1: (coughs) Now, Tim, with with running the business side of things, starting a brewery, you know, there's a lot of competition, and I think competition breeds um, a different level of excellence, right? You you can look at other people or other breweries, and you can say this is you know something they did well, this is something they could improve, but ultimately you have competition, and you have competition right in Loso. Yep. Um, now, me being a an, an IPA lover and a and a brewery lover, I mean, I have an eighteen month old, and breweries are like the best place to bring kids. Like, could you imagine 20 years ago, like taking my kid to the bar? You'd be like, that's the worst parent ever. Now I'm like, Hey, you guys want to go to a brewery? They're like, hell yeah. Yeah. So w- millennials, rock on with that. But tell me, um, <laughs> what are you guys going to do that's different in Loso? How are you going to attract people to want to leave? Maybe not want to leave, but maybe step outside of their OMB, the 4001 Yancey. You know, go away from maybe the broken spoke and things that are different. Because I know you're not just beer. You have more things to do that. So what are you doing to drive traffic that direction?
0: Well, I, I can talk about the beer. Beer-wise, when we chose the location, we, you know, we studied up on all the other breweries a little bit in the neighborhood. And... Through happy coincidence, kind of the beer styles that Tim and I envisioned producing, the beer styles that I'm really good at making, the stuff that I like to brew, were also kind of lacking in Lower South End. You know, you got Old Mac, you got all kinds of great German lagers, easy drinking beers. You got Sugar Creek, who, last time I was there, was primarily Belgian beer themed. You know, they do IPAs and pale ales, uh, a little bit more traditional. Then, you know, you got good road cider, mead, so that's not even, you know, we don't nothing to do there. Mm-hmm. But brewers at Yancey, uh, they do a little bit of everything. But one thing that is lacking in Lower South End is is a brewery that produces good, juicy, hazy, New England-style IPAs. And there's no one really doing uh, like kettle sour style beers or fruited kettle sours. So we thought, you know, just based on that alone, we're filling a void. You know, there was, we, we recognized a niche and we kind of filled the niche. And In addition to doing, you know, the hazy IPAs and the sours, I'll kind of fill in the the blanks with traditional beers. So, you know, I might have a Belgian wit on traditional kind of West Coast amber ale we have on tap right now, American blonde ale. But then I'll do something crazy. Like in a few weeks, I'll be releasing my next kettle sour, which was it's a kettle soured farmhouse ale fermented with a Saison yeast strain. Uh, Put a bunch of green tea and jasmine green tea at the end of the boil And then about 400 bucks worth of frozen lychee puree is going into secondary. So at the end, it'll be a kettle soured farmhouse ale with lychee and jasmine green tea. So that's a little bit oh, different. Oh, so see, you hear that? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking go. about. That's not what you find well, out not the know. I don't, even know, I don't <laughs> even know
1: half the words you just said, but I'm down <laughs> to try it. <laughs> yeah. and that, that, that
0: beer is called Kaiju Attack.
1: Kaiju Attack. <laughs> that sounds like it could kill me. I'm down. Let's, let's, let's have some
0: of that. What's the alcohol content of that? Uh, that'll be around seven. Woo! Perfect. You know, I, I kegged up a, a beer today that we'll be releasing next week. I, I haven't yet made a, a Facebook event, so no one really knows about this beer, but it's a it's a really rich, dark, chewy oatmeal stout that we added uh some organic coffee to and some Tahitian vanilla and that one's called Blix like uh from the Blix. goblin in the movie legend. Uh-huh. So that'll be it's that'll be released cool. next week and then the following week will be the Kaiju.
2: I love it. <clears throat> so it's hard to follow up on that right there right cuz I'm going to be so simple in my explanations but when you get complex beers similar or better than he's just described that no one else in that neighborhood does. I mean, that's not a slight to any of them. Just that is way upper level stuff right there. We need something else to differentiate ourselves, and that's intimacy. You know, there's just a lot of large square footage spaces there. And while they're fun for some, they're not fun for all. So I wanted to kind of have a place that you could feel a little more comfortable, um, not be one of 400 or 500. One of 100 feels pretty good, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in that atmosphere. So we'd love to know our regulars. We want to know you by name. That's not always possible in a big place. Maybe it is, but not at every point. And so, what I feel that we've cultivated is a very comfortable atmosphere where you can come in, relax, um, unpretentious. It's got metal walls, wood walls, and really not a lot of window dressing. It is what you get, and that's kind of what you get with us. We're not really about the uh, the false front. It's this is it. You we've know, got come for the beer and stay for the atmosphere. We've got
0: an excellent feedback on the you know just the the vibe of the place. Everyone yeah. is just like they love the small, the intimate. It's just it's very chill. It's comfortable not like tim yeah. said not pretentious at all you know we don't have people dressing up and getting all fancy like they do when you go oh, to yeah. sycamore where it's like practically a fashion show nope. <laughs> just people come to hang out and drink and it's it's kind of what we wanted i've had a couple people compare us um you know to some of the smaller more intimate breweries in Asheville, for instance mm-hmm. you know it's 900 square foot tap room we, i think we can fit 60 70 in there comfortably and with the patios it's just it's, it's it's a good feel. It's a and good fit.
2: A, and a day like today, when we roll up the bookend doors, that cross breeze will be perfect.
0: Yeah, you. and we talked early on. You were
3: saying like a lot of the material used are recycled metals and woods and yep. Uh, yep. very cool old rustic type feel, right? Whatever we could find. Yeah,
2: and and I, and I mean that in a, in a good way. Where yeah. did you
3: find this stuff? Well, I scavenged. That would be a secret, dude.
2: Uh, no, it's okay. I scavenged <laughs> um, around 100. 20, 130 pallets. Ended up breaking down 111 by hand. Woo! Miserable work. Didn't find the tool to do it right until about pallet 100. So, shame on me. But that is what provided the material for our bar wall. So, end-to-end, it is all hand-split, hand-installed pallet wood. Uh, One of a friend of ours, who has a hardwood floor company, did that for us um, as just a favor. You know, he wanted to be a part of the process in some way, so he did that. Turned out fantastic. People commenting on that all the time you can see it on our website uh the metal i think that you're referring to was some corrugated metal sheet that we took off a barn from concord so the place was getting torn down
0: it's old and rusted it yeah, has a nice patina to great. it it's really cool it's look. beautiful
2: you know it's unique you can't replicate that um in mass production that sets off a vibe of just you know come as you are i think um we contracted with i'm saying this in air quotes uh, a friend who was a prison guard and he hand built the tables because he wanted to be a a carpenter. He just kind of wanted to be a part part of the process. His name was Greg Farrell, great guy. So, you know, he wanted to help out. Um, My kids were splitting wood. They just wanted to be a part of it. You know, Alex and his wife were down helping. I mean, this was a family affair. The more we put in, the more we're going to get out of it. It just feels like home. Um, So, you know, come witness our hard work and See what you think about the drinks.
3: Yeah, and that sort of gets back to my question that Alex answered well, and you didn't get the opportunity to do so. So, like sure. your role in the organization, is, yeah, is that more of it front of the house and relationship building and all of those things, or
2: to a degree, uh, I'm a little handicapped. I have not been fortunate enough to be able to leave my previous employment, so I'm pulling double duty. So, what I can bring to the table are things like this. You know, we had a connection prior. We're right. going to loop the group together. Uh, you know, one of the the things I thought I'd struggle with in going down this road from day one was finding somebody who could help me get to the next step. I have blown myself away with the amount of people who I know who can do what I needed to get done. So I'm a little more connected than I thought I was, which is, uh, nice to see. I'm humbled by the amount of help that all of our friends have been able to do for us. Um, one of my best friend who's a neighbor of ours did our blueprints, you know, drew them up, had no problem. Um, Troy Smith, Smith Slovak, they do awesome drawings. He said, he'll just help us out because he wants to see someone else succeed as a small business. So that was kind of the underlying theme. So um, I was able to help get that kind of ball rolling. Today, what I'm doing more of more so is trying to be that, I won't call it president. That's not really what it is at all, but just the high level view. I don't have the time to get into the weeds at the moment, which is unfortunate. But when anybody has a question or, hey, where do we go with this? Or what are we missing when it's right in front of our face? maybe I can bring that perspective from being across the room. Sure. So I think it's a blend of all day, every day, and from a distance a couple times a week, hopefully not too many things get missed. You know, you get too far in the weeds, you don't see what's going on. If you get too far away, you miss what's happening down on the ground floor. So we kind of have both layers of that management in place, and then we want to empower our staff to feel like it's theirs as well. So if you have an idea, if we didn't catch something, or what could we do better? Even the the public, what can we do better? We want that feedback. Even if it's bad. You gotta have bad feedback to improve. I totally 100%. agree.
1: You were Tim, you were on uh, the record saying that we don't have too many breweries in Charlotte. Yep. And one of the neat things was I remember when O and B opened and I mean, we would go there for Happy Hour and there'd be like nine people in this tiny little brewery over there in an industrial park that people were probably like, There's a brewery over there? And now if you were to see it it's like unbelievable. Um but one thing that i've really followed throughout the last couple of years is the the craft freedom um you know kind of push and what i 've seen from the outside and i 'd love to get your your thoughts on this is it seems like a lot of breweries are really coming together almost kind of like a fraternity or sorority and realizing that they're different but ultimately together they can they can be a really powerful not only brand but powerful industry in the area. Have you seen? the other breweries in Loso be very you know receptive for you guys coming in be very you know kind of like, hey, that's awesome bringing something different, bringing another vibe you know maybe even bringing a completely different type of demographic, a different type of beer lover that ultimately will go around and, and hop around I guess I'm just curious to see in Charlotte are a lot of breweries really helping each other and are a lot of breweries really being like, hey like you might have gone through this challenge and I know with John over at OMB like they went through a ton like they were literally being told by the government like you can't produce more barrels or more kegs and like that sucks but they've really made a push for the whole state and it seems like everybody kind of got together like it was it was cool to see from an outside viewpoint because i go to all these different breweries that it's not a competition it's more like the family of of, of breweries in charlotte so i'd love to hear both of your interactions um with well, i you know, would other say, breweries. yeah
0: first we've got I, I personally have gotten overwhelming support and help from other breweries awesome. Over the past year, I've I've reached out dozens, if not hundreds of times to other brewery owners and head brewers and brewmasters. Anytime I had a question that I could not answer about something procedural or or a law pertaining to the tap room or a certain piece of equipment, uh anything like that. There's there's a couple of open Facebook forums like Charlotte Brewers Resource, where it's it's pretty much just owners and head brewers. Uh even to this day, I probably post a question on there once or twice a week, and I might get 20 people answering. And these are questions that I can't get answers for from anywhere else. And everyone has been tremendously supportive, reaching out, you know, people saying, you know, if, if you need anything at all, hey, I noticed your walk-in cooler is kind of small. If you need some cold storage, bring your kegs over to my brewery, no problem. Uh Brewers are happy to swap ingredients in a pinch. You know, if I'm brewing a recipe and I realize I'm out of whatever hops X, just put up a notice and like, you know, ten minutes later I'll have someone saying, Hey, you can come to my brewery and get it. So yeah, they, we've we've gotten really good support. And I, I think overall all the breweries are very supportive of each other. Uh we're all friends. Most of the owners and head brewers, we all know each other, have known each other for years, and everyone really looks out for each other and even kind of verbally defends the other breweries in, you know, if you're out of town and someone says something negative about Charlotte breweries in general, that person will, will stand up and be like, no, you don't talk about Charlotte breweries that way. I love <laughs> right. it. Like, like we're, we're, like I, I feel, I feel like, you know, we're, we are all in this thing together.
2: Yep. And I agree completely. So, and Alex has his perspective for me and in the industry previously, which is great. The amount of contacts he brings to our group, I could never re- replic- replicate. Uh, What I've found is I've gone out to talk to people who have no reason to know me from anywhere is they're just as forthcoming with information and uh, willing to answer a question. So totally grateful to those guys that are willing to just talk to anybody and tell them about their passion, which is how they probably perceive it. And they're also helping me along as I go through the process. And hats off to folks like OMB who are the real trailblazers, kind of opening the door for the smaller guy to come in behind them. I don't know that we'd be where we are today without them uh there's room for them there's room for folks like us and everybody in between because like i said there's the more the merrier i don't want to drink the same thing every day i want to have a little bit of everything and yep. i'll keep coming back to you. the more uh, variety the better
1: are there any plans to collaborate with other breweries on some joint uh ideas because i've i've heard that recently where it seems like a lot of um of brewmasters or or maybe like combining ideas
0: or coming out with like a joint beer. I don't know. That might be too, too very, early in the stage. No, very very <laughs> much so. I've, I've probably already had a dozen or more other brewers reach out and say, hey, when are we going to do that collab? And it's just nice. it's a, it's a fun way for two guys that already know each other uh, just to get together and have fun for a day and brew a beer together. Maybe something unusual, maybe something traditional. You know, maybe me and this certain brewer had had talked about some weird beer over the years that we always wanted to make. And, you know, now we're professional brewers, owners, and we can finally have the opportunity to do it and take it to the stage.
1: What is normal? Like just a a question. What like when you're brewing a beer, obviously, some of your more popular ones, you are probably brewing more beer at a time. But if you're coming out with a brand new beer, how many how how much beer are you brewing at a time? I mean, how many kegs are you producing? A lot. (laughs) <laughs> which is awesome. Hey, because I'm, I'm consuming it one 16-ounce glass at a time. You know what I mean? But I would just be like, what, what does that look like? If you did right. one, how many kegs would that produce? Right, right
0: now, uh, we have a seven-barrel brew house, which is 14 half kegs. So it's it's a fair amount of beer. Um, it is small enough that I'm comfortable brewing like a pilot recipe. And frankly, we don't we don't have a pilot system yet, so we don't have a choice. I just make sure that the recipe is on point. I'll spend hours... Tweaking a recipe, especially if it's a new one, if it's something I never brewed before, like the the lychee green tea sour I made a few weeks ago. <clears throat> um, that's a beer that I had been thinking about brewing for probably eight or nine years. The recipe was floating around my head and actually put it to paper and was just like, got to do it, let's do it. It's a big seven-barrel pilot batch, essentially, and hopefully it'll come out great. <laughs> I love it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think seven barrels equate something around 3,400 pints. Ooh, wow. So that's what our
3: batch yield is. I you started. mentioned community I guess, we're,
1: I guess we know where we're going
3: next. Hey, we have to. I'm, I'm behind <laughs> on that. Um, I quit drinking beer a couple of years ago due to the gout, but I, I can have a few. I'll right have his. Um, so uh, we mentioned community like within the industry, but you also have some cool community engagement stuff going on with like yoga, Beats and Eats, Run Club. All of those things are filled up on your calendar. Tell us a little bit about that and like how people can get engaged with you on that level.
2: Sure. Well, we're open to anything. you know. uh, We didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves one way or the other. There's a lot of folks in this town. I think the the latest census or whatever calculation they just pulled up, we were number 15 in the country, 15 or 16, behind San Francisco. If you'd have told me that when I was growing up in Charlotte, I'd have said (laughs) you're crazy. There's no way this town will ever be that large. So just the, the amount of folks who have come into town has been remarkable. And when that many people come into town, that many different interests come with them. So why only do certain things to appeal to certain people? Uh, myself um, and my wife were active athletes, so we want to get that run club. We want to meet people that like the same things that we like to do outside of work. That's an avenue for that. Um, what's better than stretching and then having a beer later? You know, uh, we want to have some music from time to time when the weather's right, when we can squeeze it in. We want to have, um, a hosting opportunity for groups to come in we hosted a homebrewers club meeting earlier this week i don't know that the large spaces are going to get that so our intimacy is going to help us bring some of those smaller people who maybe can't get out in front of thousands but could get in front of a couple hundred let us help you out
0: right right now we're just kind of working on filling the calendar up being brand new you know we realized pretty quickly you have to be proactive you have to have events Uh, you know, September is a pretty slow month, generally speaking for, for breweries, for retail, for restaurants, no one goes out in September. So we're really kind of scratching our heads. What can we do to, to make fun events that are going to get people to come out to the brewery? And you have to have regularly scheduled events, you know, that people can depend on, like, you know, you know, like the run club will be a weekly thing, but then you also need random sporadic fun events. Like we were doing a little workshop build thing next week. On Monday, uh, yep. We'll be doing live music here and there. We'll be doing trivia, you know, comedy night, stuff like that. And we're really kind of just in an open brainstorming process trying to think of what to do to fill our schedules. And and at the same time, what what can we do that not every other brewery is doing? You know, every brewery in Charlotte has a run club and a yoga club. But hey, it works. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're also also trying to think of like other fun stuff. Um like we're we've been talking about trying to get uh a brewery axe throwing league together with all the other Charlotte breweries, which I think would be really cool. I yeah. agree. Who doesn't want to drink beer and throw axes? <laughs> I'm Not in. Person. Well, I love that.
1: Well, you guys, it's, it's, so, it's so nice to, to have you guys on the podcast, learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing different. Before we, um, we kind of wrap this up, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, what's the best way to follow the journey? Obviously, what's the best way to come try the beers?
2: All right. Well, we're located at forty five twenty eight Nations Crossing Road, uh, in Lower South End. So right across from the doggy daycare. That's kind of a, a pretty easy landmark to, to go for. Um, open from four to ten on Monday through Thursday, and then weekend hours are gonna be Friday four to is that right? four to ten again. Four yeah. to ten, Saturday 11-ish. eleven to ten, and then Sunday, twelve to six, or maybe twelve to seven. Twelve to seven on Sunday. We wanted to make sure our staff had a life outside of work also, you know, give so them the a chance to smart. go out. Smart. But uh, if you can't make it in person, you can look us up on the web, LLBrewCo.com. Our Facebook page is Lower Left Brewing, and we're on Instagram under the same name. So we'll try to put as much fun stuff out there as we can. Um, we want to be unique. We want to be ourselves more than anything and uh, just enjoy the journey.
0: If people have any any questions or comments, they can always just reach us through through Facebook. You know, I, I get a lot of questions. Probably every day I get people... Questions and stuff.
1: Well, definitely. Well, our, our, our founder over here, Scott Dunson, created a um, an awesome night out in Loso called Pink to Drink. We can't wait to get you guys involved in that as well. Uh, it's an event to raise money for Team Libstrong that goes to uh, the 24 Hours of Booty or 24 Foundation. It's a great night. Get about 700 to 800 people out. We all wear pink, we drink beers, we get all the breweries together, and uh, it'll be an awesome night. So we can't wait to get you guys involved on that. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been so cool to, to hear what's different about your, your brewery. What are you guys bringing to the table that a lot of people might not be able to experience in Loso? And I can't wait to come try some of your beers. I'm definitely going to have a juicy McJuice face 1st got to try Because <laughs> that. that's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you guys, Tim and Alex. We really appreciate the time. Y'all definitely go check them out. If you are listening, please Like and share this podcast uh, and definitely go check them out. Lower Left Brewing in Loso. Again, Tim and Alex, we wish you guys the best of luck. And thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and
3: Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.